Leading off starts right now on a happy Monday to all of you peanuts and Cracker Jacks and everybody out here that is still grinding some fantasy baseball into your playoffs, the final stretch of Roto. It's all on the line, and we are here to help you. I am Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at Is It the Welsh, and joining me today is Andrew Seifter on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Playoff? Doing all right. Oh, we just, winning? Like, like you said, grinding it out to the end in my uh, oldest home league, and it's a Roto league, and I'm up by 10 points in the standings right now, which feels great, except that I am on pace to breeze past my innings cap and my games played cap. So I'm just going to be sweating out that last week of the season, seeing if anybody can catch me. Hoping that they can't do anything. Is that a move where if you pass your innings cap, will you still pick up starting pitchers to take them off of the wire <laughs> so your opponent cannot you know, have good options? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I will use any tool at my disposal. You know, another thing, this is a Yahoo League that you can do is the day that you're going to go over your innings cap, you can go as far over it as you want that day. So I will often pick up like six starting pitchers on the final day of my uh, innings cap and go over in style. So gamesmanship, you're definitely going to play gamesmanship at the end there, whether you're picking up and taking guys out the wire when you can't start them final day. Hey, whatever you got to do to win. If you're not cheating that's not quite cheating you're not winning you're not trying to win that's what they it's say. in the rules if you're not winning you're losing <laughs> exactly you gotta like uh, fudge it a little bit if you need to wonky says i'm in a two-week championship matchup against a guy with no fab i feel like this is an advantage that i might misuse and screw myself out of winning I, there's definitely always that thing where like you get up and then you're like, should I bench everybody? But then you start talking yourself into like the fear of could this happen and that. And sometimes you just have to play it out. And sometimes the biggest advantage is a curse, at least to you mentally. But it's the grind, man. It's the fantasy baseball grind. Someone actually said to me this morning, they're like, baseball's still going on. I'm like, yeah, it's still going on. This is what it's all about. This is why uh, it is special in so many hearts. I mean, you know, football does own the uh, space, the fantasy, but baseball is it's really its own ecosystem and its world. World. It's longer. It's a much bigger grind, and they all feel good to win. There's something about winning a baseball championship, though, in fantasy that holds just that little bit of weight for how much, whether it is playoffs or roto, with how much work that was put in on a daily grind. The payoff is pretty good, Andrew. Absolutely. It's the hardest earned championship in sports, a fantasy baseball championship. And, you know, uh, I have to say, being in the industry has sort of helped me in terms of my lack of regret about mistakes because you know now I, I feel more of, like I want to give other people good advice so I don't hate myself as much when I mess up my own teams because <laughs> we will because we will I had a I had a matchup yesterday where I had DeGrom and Strider going and I still didn't win and I still lost right at the end because of a blow up earlier in the week so I'm uh, I'm still reeling from that but we got lots of news and notes for you uh, as we move through here getting you set for the day and how about Aaron Judge Hit homers number 58 and 59 as part of a four for five game with the Yankees top the Brewers 12 to eight on Sunday. And we are going into, if I remember correctly, we are going into the final two weeks, but this week, one homer away from 60 for Judge. And then what is it? Two, because Maris is 61. So what are we? Two homers from tying that or three homers from breaking it. And then we're two homers away for pool holes. This could be a big week. This has the potential to be a really big week. I have a, I feel like the pool holes thing is going to have, I feel like both a 60 and the pool holes thing are both going to happen this week, Andrew. How exciting would that be? Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, 
I write the weekly waiver wire column at Fantasy Pros, and I actually made Albert Pujols my number one headliner pickup of the week. And I just love the fact that we are here in late September in the twilight of his career, and we can still, uh, in good conscience, recommend him as a must-add player. Yeah, especially with, uh, theoretically, we would expect him to get all the playing time uh, moving forward. We'll talk about uh, a couple of your waivers, any other guys you have here in just a couple minutes. But Aaron Judge, making about Aaron Judge, just phenomenal stuff. Kind of hit that 60 marker unless anything crazy happens. And, you know, the debate will just continue on if there is a debate as far as Judge versus Otani and all the stuff. But everyone's going to hit their markers which I think is going to make it the most interesting. Everything will hit its fun marker of like judge is, I mean, I wouldn't uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if judge at 65 by the end of this. And I know there's two more weeks judge is going to be over that 60 marker. And then you're going to have, you know, Tani have done what he's done. And then we'll just, um, you know, I mean, I would say we let the, the, the baseball gods decide, but unfortunately we're going to let writers decide and we'll see how that goes. And we know how that plays out, but Aaron judge number 58 and 59 and Aaron judge, I do believe should be crowned the home run champion, even of fantasy pros on our board, because uh, I believe five more than the next person, it would take a miracle for our crew to pass Aaron judge at this point. Pretty incredible. Um, speaking of incredible, Jacob DeGrom struck out 13 Bo's given a no decision after allowing three runs and five plus against the Pirates. DeGrom's had a little bit of that last couple games in that like runs are starting to stack up a tiny bit, becoming a little bit more hittable while also not. It's like that one thing that opens him up because he's still striking out double digits at almost every other start, but he's had a couple of these multi-run performances as he ends out the year, but you know, he's still looking elite and still looking like a theoretical number one SP next year if anyone has the guts, Andrew. Yeah, well, you know, he just ran into the unstoppable O'Neill Cruz, so that that was his problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he's you know, of course, Cruz struck out in two of his other at bats, but he he did send one over the fence against Degrom, and that's that's kind of par for the course, right? It's ninety uh, percent of the time Degrom will dominate, but then O'Neill Cruz, it just takes that one uh, you know huge exit velocity smack, and it uh, puts a dent in that ERA. Yeah, so this was a stat. Mayor actually tagged me and Wonky, and it's pretty incredible. This is from Kevin Gorman, PGH. And the tweet was, Mets ace Jacob DeGrom has allowed a hit to a leadoff batter in the first inning twice during the 2022 season. So let me repeat that. Has allowed a hit to the leadoff batter in the first inning only twice this whole season, both to O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill singled uh, to lead off the second game of a doubleheader on September 7th at PNC and doubled today, which was yesterday, uh, in the leadoff spot in City Field with a 111 EV. So uh, just a fun O'Neill Cruz, Jacob DeGrom combination, as you were kind of alluding to, that is uh, maybe part of his kryptonite. As making consistent contact is O'Neill Cruz's kryptonite, Jacob DeGrom's is high, high EVs, really, really strong guys. So Jacob DeGrom with 13. Have I asked you this before, like where you're going to place DeGrom next season? Uh, like, I feel like I can stack on top of asking this as he looks healthy, he strikes out everybody. Like, what level of SP do you think he will be for you? I mean, he's number one for me. He'll be number one. Good, Still, good for yeah. you. Good for as, you for joining the club. As long as, as long as he's healthy, you know, as long as the reports in next, uh, next spring are all positive. I think he has to be number one. Yeah. You know, I just thought of something and I want to take it back. This is bad host hostmanship here. 
um, because Wonky brought this up saying, you know, I saw Red Sox on Twitter saying Devers should go. Um, they should let Devers go and Boston should sign them, blah, blah, blah. So I saw somebody post this in. We've got a whole Patreon and group me stuff at uh, my In This League side. And someone in a group me room said, is Judge's season this year the greatest walk season of all time? And I thought that was such a great question. And the only retort I saw someone say was maybe A-Rod. Do you think this is the greatest walk season in baseball history with what Aaron Judge is doing? Because I don't remember the walk year of A-Rod, but I don't imagine it was like this. It's really hard to say. I, I need to see a list of walk years. But I also question whether anything's really a walk year when, it, when you're with the Yankees. Because if the Yankees decide that they don't want you to walk, they can they can keep you where you are. <laughs> I agree, except that like someone asked Judge about this like a couple of weeks ago, and like he's still kind of like I don't think they're gonna sign me. I don't think they're gonna pay up. I don't like he seemed really negative about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I guess we can't call it a walk year unless he does go and sign with somebody. But like it's the greatest walk into free agent year I think we've ever seen. It's just well, an insane. Well, year. when you're trying to make an impression on the team with endless money, having. Uh... A, the walk year of all walk years is, is probably a good business strategy. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, Sandy Alcantara allowed one run on Sunday in a complete game victory over the Nats. It was his fifth complete game of the season. No other team has three. Even has three, Andrew. Sandy Alcantara, pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean, this is like a throwback. You know, if Judge is a throwback to like the steroid era with the home runs, you know, Alcantara with the complete games of the throwback to like the fifties or something. I mean, we just don't see that very much in today's game anymore. So, you know, I've, I've taken little shots at him in the past about the strikeout rate and things like that, but that's kind of what you need to get those complete games. Cause if you're striking out double digit guys, every game, you're going through a lot more pitches, higher pitch counts. You're not going to make it through nine innings. Well, look at Degrom. I mean, like you only have so much margin for error. Where it's like you strike out thirteen, you also give up a couple runs. You're not making it past the six. Like to the six, you have to be like you have to be a really high end pitcher for that even to happen. You're probably going at best to the fifth. Uh, on Alcantara, by the way, I haven't looked here. The Cy Young, he is currently minus 400 on DraftKings. The next closest is Julio Urias at plus 600. So more wrapped up, according to betters, than the AL side of Justin Verlander, who's minus 370, and Dylan Cease plus 390. So nothing more locked up on the Cy Young race than Sandy Alcantara. Just wanted to point that out to everybody. Um, but, but, Luis Rangifo, man. Has there been anybody hotter than Luis Rangifo this last month? What a way to go into next year for fantasy. Rangifo, two for four, two homers, three RBI on Sunday. Angels were able to uh, win five to one. And he's established himself from a potential platoonish type of player to what looks like an everyday role and hitting in predominant spots, hitting a lot of three. And he has kind of led to the call. He's kind of beefed up. I remember when he was a fun prospect to tout because of stolen bases and everything. And Ringifo probably still one of those players that is not highly owned in dead, you know, deadish leagues. His ownership percentage is probably still going to look low because of the amount of dead leagues, Andrew. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair point that he's going beyond platoon player, but he still has pretty dramatic splits, let's just state it for the record. I mean, he has 10 home runs in 137 at-bats against left-handers, hitting 336 against righties, 246, five homers, and 281 at-bats. So for the season as a whole, and, and you know, as we get to the offseason, right now he's he's clearly really hot, but as we get to the offseason and we start pouring over the data and everything – 
I feel like there'll still be some questions about that. But if he's got an everyday job, I mean, right now he's just he's like completely on fire. So you got to ride it. 275 batting average, 15 homers, six stolen bases on Yahoo alone qualifies at four different positions. If you want to think about that over the last month, hitting 292 with six homers, a stolen base, 14 RBI, 12 runs and has been moved between. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing he's been he's been in the leadoff spot. The last three games, he's been in the leadoff spot where he has two of three games with multi hit. He's hit out of five. I know I've seen him hit out of three and four. I mean, you know, with a team that's had like Jared Walsh and everything, I know there's some questions, but I think he's going to be a mainstay for this team. He's the new he's the new what they wanted David Fletcher to be. And um, I think he's going to be a mainstay that hits at the top of the lineup who's showing power and has some stolen bases, regardless of the splits. Just kind of interesting guy. I don't want to throw him into that like fantasy league win or anything like that, but just free production at the end is what was key for him uh, and key for you guys. And then Rafael Devers went four for six to three RBI on Sunday, leading the Red Sox to a 13 to three blowout victory over the Royals and Spencer Strider got 10 strikeouts over six innings on Sunday and a win over the Phillies. And I think Strider is going to be a fantastically fun person to talk about in the offseason about how you rank him. Do you have any initial thoughts about where Strider is going to be as far as SPs go for you? Because I've done my SP ranks and uh, Strider is going to be quite high. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't done any uh, re-ranks in the last couple of weeks, but I, I got to feel like he's going to be definitely top 20 and potentially, you know, top 12. Yeah, that's where I think. I think I think that's this is an easy way to say it. On the injury front, Luis Severino expected to return on Wednesday. He's going to start against the Pirates, so that's good. Yankees manager Aaron Boone said on Sunday that Harrison Bader is likely to be activated for the Tuesday series uh, against the Pirates. So maybe some cheap stolen bases if he's sitting out there. And Tyler Glass now for the Rays uh, had two perfect innings on Sunday in a minor league rehab start over in AAA. I don't know if there's much production or much to be had about him coming back. I love that he's coming back, but I don't think it means much more for next year because he'll be limited. Uh, speaking of Glass now, Glass now and Bader could potentially be on this. What do you got on uh, any pickups? You have the waiver wire article that people can check out. You talked about pool holes kind of being a leading off. Any other guys that we should be looking at this week? Yeah, well, I didn't have Bader in there, but I would I would definitely recommend him as a pickup. I, I feel like he's always kind of sneaky, valuable. Uh, kind of like a Ramon Laureano type who can give you a bit of power and a bit of speed, but because he doesn't really stand out in any one category, he sort of flies under the radar a little bit. But especially with the Yankees, I mean, the run production opportunities should be really good as long as he's getting regular playing time. So I do like him as a pickup. Um, not so not so sure about Glasnow, but uh, he's, like you said, a good story. Uh, Nick Lodolo, uh, he's still only 51% roster, or at least he was as of uh, yeah. as of Friday. And he's just been on a roll lately. He's facing the Red Sox tomorrow, so it's kind of a tough assignment. But he's just been so good lately that I don't have a problem using him at all, uh, especially if you need a, a little boost in the strikeout department. And then if you need a boost in, in the stolen base department, even better than Harrison Bader is Bubba Thompson, who's still not very highly rostered. And I, I get it. He has a lot of swing and miss to his game. Like, not There's no power, and the batting average is probably not going to be great, although he can leg out some infield hits potentially. But... Um, the speed is just off the charts. I mean, he's the kind of guy that can single-handedly win you a head-to-head -head matchup in the stolen base category just by having him in your lineup. Good stuff. And uh, you guys go and check. Is that on your Twitter uh, that people can find a quick, easy link? Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, well, actually, it's uh, it's just under my, uh, my profile at Fantasy Pros. So if you just Google Andrew Seifter and Fantasy Pros, 
that will pop right up. Uh, here's the fun thing. So Wonky put together, found uh, some of the seasons. So I put, I, f- I went to the seasons, and we're just going to do two of them in, in place of a trivia question or this day in baseball. But we were talking about walk years, and Wonky found a list of the uh, big walk years. Number one was A-Rod in 2000, Bonds in 1992. We had Beltre in 2004, A-Rod in 2007, and Zach Greinke in 2000. Uh, actually, I don't see the date, but I'm guessing the Greinke was the Cy Young this year. So um, on the A-Rod front, a-Rod in 2000, in his final, in his walk year from Seattle, where he goes to the Rangers, had thir- uh, 41 homers, 132 RBI, 15 stolen bases, hitting 316. It's a pretty good year. It's not 60 homers like Judge. In 2007, I think is the more applicable year. 2007 with the Yankees, but it looks like he resigned. He had 54 homers, 156 RBI, and 24 stolen bases while hitting 314. Those were the two A-Rod walk years. The Barry Bonds year was going from Pittsburgh to the uh, San Francisco Giants. And that year in 1992, Bonds hit 34 homers and stole 39 bases while hitting three uh, 311 with a 456 OBP. So... Are any of those seasons better than what Judge is doing this year? Probably not. I mean, you can't really compare, you know, those Alex Rodriguez statistics to what Aaron Judge is doing right now. You have to compare the player to the players in the same year. That's the only way that you can look at it. We know that things change in terms of ballparks. Things change in terms of performance-enhancing drugs. Things change in terms of pitcher quality and depth. Uh, in terms of the baseball itself, there's so many different factors. And really the only way to account for all that is just to compare the player to their own uh, league mates at that that given year. And Judge is just so far in front of everybody else in the home run department. It truly is incredible. That's an interesting way to take it. I mean, even if you do just go do like categorical stats and stuff. You can maybe make an argument on the 2007 uh, A-Rod year with the stolen bases and the homers, but judges and the the RBI look crazy, but judge has the potential to eclipse 140 RBI here. He's hitting a higher batting average than A-Rod did. He's going to be over 60 and he's going to become close to 20 stolen bases. I I think it's the best categorical walk year in history. Uh, It is close though, because I think that one A-Rod year is there. I wouldn't probably throw Bonds in there. There's some interesting ones. That Beltray one really got got me uh, laughing because I totally remember that. It was so. It was the classic walk here. It was like he was the classic player that like, you know, could could just be extra motivated to get that money. And uh, I'll give you the stats. What year was that? I think it was 2004. Okay, yeah, here it is. Yeah, because yeah. in 2004 with the Dodgers, he hit 48 homers <laughs> while hitting 334. He had seven stolen bases, 121 RBI, 104 runs, and he never came within. What did he do the next season? The next season, the first season in Seattle, he had 19 homers and (laughs) hit 225. He hit 110 points lower, and he had 29 less stolen bases, and he never came within 12 homers in his career of those 48. He actually only eclipsed 34 more times. This was in 2004 when he was 25. His entire career, which he played till 39, he only hit 30 homers four more times that entire career after the 48. So, and it's no hate. He had a very solid career, but that it, one year was just off the charts. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. wonder why they're off the charts. Uh, all right. Let's go to Stat Heroes. 
Martin Maldonado, four for four with a homer, four RBIs with four runs yesterday. That categorically will help you if you were looking for some runs going into your championship from the catcher spot. Eloy Jimenez, three for four, a homer, three RBIs, couple runs. Luis Rangifa, who we talked about, had two homers, three RBI, two runs. Oswald, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, three for four, two, uh, one homer, two RBI, two runs. Juan Soto had a homer off Ryan Nelson. He went three for four. He needed that. Uh, Jan Gomes, a homer, three RBI. Tyron Taylor, three for four with a homer. Christian Betancourt had a home run. And Colton Wong, one homer, three RBI. Do you think of that group, is there a big, massive win of a pickup? Do you think Oswald Cabrera, uh, Betancourt, Wong, is there somebody that you've kind of latched onto, which is going to be a helper for the last two weeks? Well, I did just pick up Betancourt uh, this morning in a league. Uh, I think if you're trying to fill out catcher games, um, and a lot of times people fall behind in that in that category. So if you're in a daily lineups league and you can just pick him up um, for today, for example, because a lot of teams are off today and he's playing. So that's the kind of micromanaging that you need to do down the stretch in a lot of leagues. Um, but in terms of just an overall pickup, um, I would say Oswaldo Cabrera is pretty interesting. I mean, this guy went 2020 uh, in double a last year and he's getting everyday playing time right now for the Yankees so uh there's a lot of moving parts there you know depending who comes off the IL maybe the playing time dries up but uh if it's not I mean he's got the raw skills and the really favorable hitting environment so that's intriguing on the pitching side you Darvish struck out eight over six he has been very very consistent on this back half of the year really helping people out Joe Ryan five strikeouts seven and two-thirds only gave up three hits Sandy Alcantara, we said, went complete game, striking out seven. Strider struck out 10 over six. And Andrew Heaney struck out four over eight, um, which actually that's interesting because of one of the uh, bets today. Actually, it was a Heaney one, so that must be incorrect. I'll have to fix that because Heaney had eight strikeouts. Uh, your stat zeros, Mark Mathias and Jake Sawinski, 0 for 4 with four Ks. Riley Green had three strikeouts. Gunnar Henderson, three strikeouts. Big old rookie set there. CJ Cron, Hunter Renfro, Aristides Aquino, Seth Brown, Matt Olson, Chris Taylor, all 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. On the pitcher side, Chris Bubich, two and two thirds, five earned runs. He walked three. Drew Hutchinson gave up six earned runs. Ken Waldachuk gave up five. And Glenn Otto gave up four. You know, if you were actually dealing with any of those players. God bless you if you were. Maybe Ken Waldachuk. Long term. Any of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long term. If you were doing it in the fantasy playoffs, like Drew Hutchinson probably should not have been a player that anybody was messing around with. You know, just going out yeah. on a limb here, but I'll let you And even to... Waldachuk, if you're trying to get wins, is probably not the best option right now. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, over to the home run board. Cat Fox and Elskell are in a head-to-head dogfight. I don't, again, I don't have a... I'm, I'm going to press them for the final week to get us some art, by the way, so we can get it, like, every day, because I think that'll be fun. They've just slacked on it on the back end. But Cat Fox uh, is up to 54, the leader. I had Mike Trout yesterday, did not go, but Elskel had Judge up to 53. So it is a 54-53 head-to-head matchup. Helpless in Miami and High Cubby both at 51, and D-Blum at 50. The contest is tight. And at the top, you guys have only got two weeks left here. Cat Fox and Elskell, one homer between each other. So get that bad boy stuff going here. Uh, over to our friends over at BetMGM. Use the promo code leading off, and you guys can get a $1,000 risk, up to a $1,000 risk-free bet. All you got to do is go over, download the app, get hooked up, type in the promo code, and bet away. 
You get your free bets. I've told you guys before, they also they give a lot of free bets away, a lot of rewards. I would say BetMGM might be one of the better reward program uh, books, and I've used many of them from you know DraftKings to FanDuel to Caesars, and I really, really like that one. So go and check them out today. Use a promo code leading off, get hooked up, and make some of those bets. So I realized why I had that because on my betting pros board, it still had yesterday. So that is why that was not updated. So let me go through and I'm going to give you uh, some of the top bets here. And the number one bet of the day is Gunnar Henderson over one total base minus 190 on DraftKings. So Gunnar Henderson, who just had a whole bunch of strikeouts uh, the other day, he's the number one as far as any of them go, but it is minus 190, which is a pretty big number to bet. So if you're going to bet it, you're probably going to want to put it together with something else. If you want an even money play, you can go Mike Trout, one and a half total bases over. He's projected at uh, two and a half, and that is over on DraftKings as well. So you can play both of those for even money. Uh, over on the strikeout front, the number one strikeout play today is Max Scherzer. It is only at five and a half. So check this out. It's at five and a half. He's projected at eight. And on DraftKings, it is minus 155. You can play that. That is a pretty dang good number that we usually don't see, especially on Scherzer, five and a half, something the books know that we don't, which seems a little fishy. And the plus money play is Kyle Wright against Washington. He's projected at six. It's five and a half. You get plus 125. All of these on DraftKings, baby. So what do you think here? You got Mike Trout, you've got Gunnar Henderson on total bases, and you've got Kyle Wright and Max Scherzer on strikeouts. Kyle Wright and Mike Trout, the plus money plays. Anything you like? Well, I think you 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 nailed it on that Scherzer one. I think you have to go with that. Uh, but I, you know, the Trout one is interesting as well. Um, you know, he is facing Logan Gilbert, who's been pitching well lately, but Trout has just been really great down the stretch this season and we know how good he is when he's healthy and going strong so uh, he's a guy i'm always happy to bet on and everybody's pointing out in the chat like the reason it's lower we saw i want to point out we saw this exact same thing with we've seen it with degrom and we saw it with justin verlander he's coming back you got you can call pitch counts but my only argument is like guys like verlander and stuff and even sure there's there's not a lot of pitch count stuff and normally a guy coming off an injury, this would be a bet I wouldn't do because of exactly what you guys are pointing out. But Scherzer, I give the pass for. Scherzer and Verlander, I will always give the pass for in this type of an instance because A, they can do it in three innings, and B, they're guys that are just going to go longer into the season at this point. So I get I get the concerns everyone might have, but that's a guy I'm willing to go with. You try telling Max Scherzer to come out of a game. Exactly. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't think so. Also, um, it's it, you can kind of play it. Like, it's minus 155. That's not great. You don't want that type of juice on those type of bets. But, like, you can still play it and feel relatively good about it. And the Mike Trout one, even at one and a half. Um, I don't know. These are some good bets. I kind of dig these today. And uh, let's go over and talk about some home run calls. We'll end that bad boy. DFS is out there. It's a short slate today. I'm just pointing out for everybody. I guess I don't mean to like jump over it or anything like that, but um, there's some okay matchups. You got Logan Gilbert at nine nine over on FanDuel today. Drew Rasmussen against, it, but it's against the Astros, which you don't particularly like. Uh, there's going to be a lot of runs in that Baltimore Detroit side. Kyle Wright up against Washington. Kyle Wright is ten one over on uh, over on FanDuel. If you wanted to put him out there. And there were some uh, obviously some big implied runs on the Dodgers. And then the Giants-Rockies game has an over 11 total run implied total, according to Fantasy Labs. So you might be able to stack some of those guys. Wilmer Flores is cheap. 
at the three spot. Jonathan Daza, you could throw out there. So look at the top of the lineup on some of these shorter slates. And uh, you're going to have to play around with some of the pitchers. You know, maybe throw out a Sonny Gray. Maybe throw out, um, who is it that I mentioned? Kyle Wright, uh, though he'll probably be highly played. But uh, home run calls. Mr. Andrew Seifter, what do you got to get on the board here? Well, I wanted to jump in on that uh, Dodgers lineup against Merrill Kelly. I yeah, see our colleague Mike Mayer already has Mookie Betts called. So I will I will pivot off of that and go with Freddie Freeman. Okay, yeah. Well, I was going to – I'm going with Mookie. I'm a, I can't – Mayer always takes this from me every time. Uh, credit to him for getting there early. Mookie is a BVP play. Uh, on Merrill today. He's got uh, a couple, I think three career homers. He's got a great batting average over 350 plus career wise on, uh, on Merrill Kelly and the Diamondbacks. And I'm going to join mayor on it. Cause again, what am I playing for? So you've got Freeman. I and mayor have Mookie bets. Wonky is going with Matt Olson today. And of course, Joe has got Aaron judge as he always does friends. He always, always does. Uh, and that is it. That is it for the show. Andrew, what did, uh, anything to plug? You got the article going out. I know you've got everything else. Uh, anything new? Yeah, no, it's uh waiver wire every, uh, we got one more left actually after this, this, so there's one from Saturday and then there'll be one more next weekend, uh, to get people over the finish line. Um, doing a lot of fantasy football stuff right now on, uh, my, my own podcast, the rest of season rankings podcast, uh, with my co-host Bart Wheeler, and uh, we're doing rest of season rankings at our website, rosrankings.com. Cool stuff. Uh, if you guys want, on the prospect side, I just did an episode this past weekend of Prospect One with James Anderson from Rotowire talking about some of the top statistical finishes from the minor leagues. I'll be doing another one breaking down the Arizona Folly rosters that are coming up. And of course, over to this league, uh, rocking two episodes as we uh, continue out the grind. Actually, next week, we're going to be doing a early 2023 early mock draft. Uh, as a look for next season if people are into that follow me on twitter at is it the welsh follow andrew on twitter at andrew underscore safer and thank you guys for hanging out as always we will be back again tomorrow right here and leading off for andrew i'm the welsh goodbye friends lock it up go lock those ships up now <laughs>